0: Tickets go on sale this Friday, the 26th of April at 10 a.m., but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday, the 24th of April at 10 a.m. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: welcome back to Happy Mum, Happy Baby, Asking for a Friend, our brand new edition to Happy Mum, Baby, the podcast, where we take a deep dive into the many issues surrounding pregnancy, birth and the early years. This week, we're discussing pre- and postnatal health with the founder of Strong Like Mum, a community that strives to inspire, encourage and engage mothers from all walks of life. It's Shakira Akabusi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I've been practising saying your name a lot because, not even practising, it's a really satisfying
2: name to say that that is something I've not heard yet everyone usually sings like Shakira Shakira but you (laughs) but you've got the addition of Akabusi on that I mean that's an epic name thank you yeah I I love it now as a kid um interestingly actually I always found it quite difficult you know to have to live up to the expectation that came with the name but now I love it yeah That's so good. It's a powerful name. Thank you. And you're a powerful woman. Thank you very much. Inspiring other people
0: to be strong and powerful as well. So let's talk talk about Strong Like Mum. Mm -hmm. What is it and why did you create it? Because you've got four babies of your own, including a set of twins. Yep. And I would say this is your fifth baby.
2: Yes, absolutely. I agree. So I first started Strong Like Mum in 2015, just after I had my first son. And... It began with me just wanting to build sort of a community of women online where women could ask all those questions. You know, I kind of found during my pregnancy, there were so many questions and they're not you're not really given a a real answer. It's Mm. because it can be so specific to each woman it's really difficult to find your answer. And I wanted to create a space where women felt free, you know, free of stereotypes to ask these questions and get those answers. So I started Strong Like Mom online first, and then it's really grown and evolved and it's moved from, you know, physical fitness to mental well-being, family life. As you said, I'm now a mum of four. <laughs> and um, I talk a lot about my motherhood <laughs> journey, you know, the struggles, the highs, the lows, everything. And and now it's it's evolved into a book, which I'm really excited about.
0: I think if we think about fitness and our bodies, it's a very strange thing I think being a woman and becoming a mum mm. because obviously you've got the lead up to getting pregnant and we know that that's full of highs and lows within itself then the pregnancy how that can affect you but how people also treat you during your pregnancy usually you're treated like a queen mm-hmm. I can I remember whenever I was pregnant walking around doors are open for you chairs yeah. are given it's amazing <laughs> however when you then have the baby your body just doesn't feel like your own anymore it doesn't feel like anything that you know, mm. you know, it's a, it's a very alien feeling. And I think trying to find you within fitness, within whatever, mm. it's a very odd thing because then I also think you have this snap snapback f- attitude that's out mm. there that we both know is mm. a load of tosh. Mm. Um, but it, there's this different pressure, yeah. you know, and, and I think fitness is therefore then seen as this punishment. Yeah, Actually, it's a load of negative jargon and yeah. narrative that we've been force fed over the years that we just need to get rid of?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to hear you use the word alien because I hadn't really experienced the truth of that until my twin pregnancy and I had a cesarean section. And the recovery to that was, uh, I i found much more challenging than my my two previous really? deliveries. And I remember saying to my husband, I feel alien in my own skin. you know. And I really, it took me a few weeks to reconnect to my body. I'd, I'd always been, I always have been really in touch with my body. I, you know, I know how it moves. I know what it needs. And in that period of time, I suddenly felt completely disconnected. And I really had to work on that, building that back up You yeah. know, in, in that initial postnatal period. So absolutely. You know, I think we need to be talking more about, you know, having energy, feeling positive, feeling confident in our bodies, and talking about you know, as I said, energy, strength, you're talking more about that rather than just losing weight. I think there's so many more goals a woman can have for her body that isn't just I want to lose weight and get back into my pre-baby jeans or whatever the Mm -hmm. phrase is.
0: But that's also what a strong like mum does because it brings people together and it shifts that conversation hugely.
2: Yeah, and for me, I mean, I love exercise, but exercise has had a huge positive impact on my parenting, on my mental well-being. Mm. And so there's so much more to it that I love that that aren't the aesthetic, you know, benefits, which are great. uh, What an added benefit. But actually, there's so much more that we can get from exercise.
0: Um, I ask on Asking for a Friend. What your three most asked questions
2: are? Yes. So, what are you asked the most? So, I get asked a lot about exercise and breastfeeding. Whether exercise can impact breast milk supply, I get asked about that all the time. And can it? It can't affect breast milk supply. Exercise on its own can't affect breast milk supply. Um, dehydration can have an impact on supply, so it's really important that we stay hydrated throughout exercise. But what exercise can do, high-intensity exercise, can impact the content of the breast milk. Right. But only temporarily, and it will all be replenished within about 90 minutes. And there's been no harmful effects proven for the mother or the baby. So there's slight different levels in the content of the breast milk, but the supply shouldn't be impacted. But we do need to make sure that we stay hydrated. I also think what's really interesting is I'm asked a lot, can exercise impact breast milk supply? But we rarely consider it the other way around. And actually, breastfeeding can also impact our exercise journey. So there's a hormone called relaxin, and it's produced from about two weeks after conception. Mm. And it continues through pregnancy and about five months postpartum. And if you're breastfeeding, you continue to produce that hormone at high levels. And what that hormone, the role of that hormone sort of loosens the joints and ligaments in the pelvis to prepare for labor and birth. But it can't be isolated just to the pelvis. So it can affect all the joints throughout the body. So it's really important when we're exercising that we're not overstretching. If you're lifting weights, we're not flinging those weights backwards that we work Within a comfortable range and and with control, so that we just avoid injury. I can remember Catherine Jenkins coming on and talking about singing and uh, relaxing, oh, uh, relaxing.
0: Wow. and and it's saying actually she's a better singer when she's pregnant. Yeah, because of yeah, Because the vocal cords yeah. that we kind
2: of relaxes. And I've never even goes. thought about that. That's yeah. so, I need to get pregnant again. No, <laughs> your singing career is okay, about back move over it's Shakira. Back. Shakira, <laughs> watch this face.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's really fascinating seeing yeah. it the other way round. Yeah. Because I've also got hypermobility. So I know that when I do oh, stuff, wow. I have to really make sure that I'm I mean, I think this is why I get injuries, because I can I <laughs> just does things that you shouldn't do. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's really, really fascinating yeah 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 and actually i read in your book that when you go for a run sometimes you will express before you go for a run Mm -hmm. for twofold so that the kids have milk Mm -hmm. when you're breastfeeding i don't know if you still are but so the kids have milk if you if they need to be fed while you're out but also just so you feel a bit better when you're out yeah
2: yeah exactly so breastfeeding can get really uncomfortable if you if you've got a lot of supply and you're needing to feed your babies quite regularly so I would express before I was running just like you said yeah. for comfort reasons and I personally in my first two pregnancies I really struggled finding a good bra to support me when I was running there's loads of good nursing bras out there for working out but not so much for running so I really struggled initially and I, I had a better experience with my twins I was able to find better support but I definitely had to use you know expressing as a way to be able to help manage that.
0: Yeah, and I'd say definitely remember to put your pads in when you go out for a while. Yeah, yeah, have
2: and also, well, and also, <laughs> I would say that the double sports bra thing doesn't work well. Really? Yeah, I tried the. You just you cannot take a deep inhale; it gets really uncomfortable, and it can affect your posture and all sorts. So, definitely invest in a good bra, both sports and in regular life. I honestly, I think that really helped my postnatal journey was going and being re fitted for bras, sports bras yeah. you know, and just day-to-day bras. It... I mean,
0: I've got to say that I think I, for a long time, when it came to any bras, was just like, oh, I'll put that on, it doesn't really... Yeah,
2: yeah. So
0: I, I think I did live, I, I would say, I think, I definitely did live in my maternity nursing bras for about a year yeah. after each one. Actually, six months after breastfeeding, so a year and a half, definitely. Yeah. Um, And then afterwards, I think I just put, ill-fitting bras. On yeah, me too. Time. I
2: put bras on from before I'd had any children. <laughs> Completely <laughs> exactly. different size. The nursing bras I'd been given by a friend, so they weren't <laughs> even my size, but I was like, that'll do. And like you said, I wore them for a year and a half, and it really actually impacted how I felt. You know, They're not sexy. Bra. No.
0: They don't make you <laughs> feel confident. In the slightest. They are not sexy. I mean though. the clips, and the, um, the bun know. cells if they're exposed. You're oh, like yeah. gosh, honestly, I feel like
2: that sound of that is really triggering. <laughs> I've not thought about the that. The second oh, I hear gosh. that click, I'm like, oh
0: <laughs> I I can hear that click yeah. so clearly.
2: Yeah. It always brings back memories. Oh gosh, yeah
0: it's really fascinating and actually we've got to talk about running during pregnancy as well because I know that your first few pregnancies you did run yep but they got
2: to a point with the twin
0: pregnancy where you were just like actually
2: yeah so with all of my pregnancies I had really bad morning sickness which I'm sure many women will relate is just not isolated to the morning it's just no it's just I it was a it was a tough time and so it took me a while to get back into running. But as you said, in my singleton pregnancies, I was running up until about three weeks before giving birth and I felt <gasps> great. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. With my twin pregnancy, I went for my first run at 16 weeks and I never went again. Because really? again, it just didn't feel right. I could feel that pressure on my pelvic floor. So when we're pregnant, our pelvis, if you imagine your pelvis like a cereal bowl, when you're pregnant and you get that arch in your back, it's as if you're tipping that cereal bowl. All the forward, milk is falling, so the milk's out. falling out the front. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And that tilt of the pelvis means that all our internal organs and the baby and the amniotic fluid and the placenta, when our pelvis is straight, all of our internal organs are kind of rested on the bony structures of the pelvis. So we have that even distribution across Mm. our pelvic floor. Once we get that tilt, it places much more pressure onto the pelvic floor. So the pelvic floor is built to manage this and we can help with supportive exercises, core exercises, so we can enjoy running during pregnancy. But for me in that twin pregnancy it was just too much pressure and i could feel i could feel the discomfort on my pelvic floor and i knew that it wasn't something i felt comfortable continuing yeah. with and as i said you know being able to have that confidence in your own journey and your own timeline is so important
0: it's so true
2: what's your second question that you get asked most What is diastasis recti and how can we best recover? And how do you say it?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, do you want me to say it? No, no, no. No, me. How do you say it? Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm an expert in this field and people say it different to me all the time as well. Some people are saying diastasis recti or diastasis recti. I say diastasis recti. It rolls off the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, then let's just say that's what it is. Perfect. (laughs) What is
0: it? (laughs) <laughs> and and how how can we help it?
2: Okay, so diastasis recti refers to the separation of your rectus abdominis muscles. So very briefly to give a very brief science lesson just about the levels of our abdominal muscles. We could break down our abdominal muscles into four layers. So at the very front we've got the six-pack muscle, the rectus abdominis muscle. And it, the two halves of that muscle between them is a a line of fascia called the linear alba. Mm-hmm. So when we're pregnant and the bump expands, the uterus expands, baby begins to grow, those two halves moved out to the side and it's the linear alba that stretches. So the muscle itself is not stretched or torn, it's but just it's this—it's the, the bit in the middle that is moved out, that is widening and stretching. It's that fascia, and the two halves of the muscle move out to the side. Underneath that rectus abdominis muscle, we've got our obliques. So we've got external and internal obliques, and they kind of run diagonally across our torso. Mm-hmm. And then underneath that, we've got a muscle called the transverse abdominis. And if you imagine like an olden day Elizabethan corset, it kind of sits like that and wraps around your trunk horizontally. Mm -hmm. And it's this muscle that we really begin to focus on when we're looking at training our core in pregnancy and then in that initial postnatal period, because it's going to help us create a really strong core, even with this separation, this diastasis recti, which is the technical term for the rectus abdominis muscle separating out to the side. So that's what diastasis recti is. Mm -hmm. Postnatally... Many people, their diastasis recti gap can come back together on its own. But for most women, I think the statistic is like over 60% of women. Oh, wow. Yes. And I actually wouldn't even be surprised if it was more. A diastasis recti gap will continue after that time. And for many people, it never completely closes. And I'm one of these people. So the current guideline says as long as this gap between the two halves of your rectus abdominis muscle is two centimetres or smaller, so roughly the width of two fingers small, if it's two fingers width or smaller, we can use exercises that target that transverse abdominus, that deeper layer of our abdominal four to help create a really strong core, even with a diastasis recti gap. So it's not just about do you have a gap? What size is the gap? We should actually be going deeper than that and looking at how is your transverse abdominus muscle working? And can we still get really good integrity across the whole core so that we can enjoy all forms of exercise. Like I said, I have a diastasis recti gap that mm-hmm. has never closed since my first pregnancy, but it's definitely increased since my twins. But I work on that deep core work with the transverse abdominis, the pelvic floor, and actually I can do all forms of exercise and really still have that strong support. Yeah. So it's that that we want so to So is that at.
0: the strength thing, is that what the real worry is, that that split would cause a weakness there?
2: Right, so yeah, when we're looking at the stretching of the limb near alba that fascia between the two halves it's obviously going to create a weakening in the front of our abdominal wall so we want to be able to create a strong core underneath that mm-hmm. through the transverse abdominus so that we can still have that strong base during pregnancy and again what I noticed in my twin pregnancy where I learned a lot of lessons <laughs> um, you know it's something like the all fours position when you're in pregnancy can be really great I mean many women birth in that position, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's a singleton or a multiple birth pregnancy. But for some women, and for me, it certainly became true in my twin pregnancy in those last few weeks, even that all fours position felt uncomfortable because of that weight that was pressed onto the front of my abdomen because of that that stretching of the linear alba and it just was a position I wasn't comfortable in anymore. So I mm. amended my exercises not to be on all fours. So it's things like that that will then help us in that recovery period, you know, if we can do the correct exercises during pregnancy and learn to listen to our body in pregnancy, it will help us with our postnatal recovery. that thing recovery. again, isn't it? It's
0: listening to your body during pregnancy because we've both had three different pregnancies that are very, very different. Yeah. And, you know, my third pregnancy, it's like my body hated me. Yeah. Everything <laughs> hurt. Yeah. My hips, my knees. Yeah. You know, and and I and I do think I had to kind of listen to you know maybe I won't bend down to the washing machine maybe I will ask Tom yeah. to put the washing in you know that, those little adapt like like adapting bits so that it's a bit easier on your body yeah yeah exactly exactly
2: what is your third most asked question my third most asked question is probably about how to return to running after after pregnancy I get a lot of questions about running after pregnancy and would you say that is literally a case of listening to your body and and taking it slowly so definitely that's part of it i think what becomes really interesting um, when we're looking at running postnatally is i mentioned before the how the the pelvis is tilted and this tilt in the pelvis again if you can just visualize it as that bowl when it tips forwards if you've picture your glutes and your hamstrings, both your glutes and hamstrings are then placed into a sort of an overstretched position. Mm-hmm. And that can really impact our running. So we I think for running, what's really important is that we work on and to be honest, I mean, this is really important for all postnatal recovery. But the added benefit what you're going to get through these exercises, if you're looking to return to running is we want to focus on, really realigning our pelvis because it's going to help us, A, be able to activate our glutes better, but also be able to get our hamstrings back into more of an optimal alignment and that's going to help us with our stride and our power when we run.
0: Mm. Mm. I think when you're looking at your trainers, if they're by the door or in the wardrobe, mm-hmm. after having a baby and you're getting excited about it, yeah. is, there, is it a case of just put them in and go or are there steps that we should be doing to ensure that our bodies? Already, or is it a case of trying it and kind of going? Know that if you're out and it doesn't feel right, just stop.
2: No. So when we're looking at returning to running, I think, as with all postnatal recovery, we need to be looking at our core and assessing our core. Running yeah. is hugely demanding on the core. Not only is it an impact exercise, but running is also a single leg exercise. So it really takes a lot of negotiation through our core to be able to manage that movement. I know, you know, we take it for granted walking and running, but it actually takes a lot. So we definitely need to be looking at our pelvic floor, giving our pelvic floor that support, working on our pelvic floor muscles, making sure that they can take that impact. Looking at our feet, as I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, what are our feet doing? looking at being you know our pelvis alignment what's our posture doing all of that comes into returning to running and you know ultimately once we're doing these foundation exercises and building these strong foundations we need to get out there and give it a go yeah
1: hey i'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot
0: So we have asked the Happy Mum Have Baby community to send in their questions. And honestly, I'm blown away by how many people get in contact with every episode. But this has really sparked off some great questions. A lot to do with Mm C-sections, which I know that you've you've had a C-section, so you understand fully. How does a C-section recovery compare to um, a vaginal birth?
2: Okay, yeah, great question. So I found the, as I said to you at the beginning, I found my cesarean recovery much more of a much more of a challenge that I just wasn't prepared for. Yeah. And I think for me, that's always really important. You know, I, I, I'd worked with cesarean mothers before as a trainer, but experiencing it yourself, there's so much more that I learned about how things really feel that I hadn't fully appreciated before. It was a huge learning curve. I think that early period, you'll be really encouraged in that first 24 hours to get up,
0: mm-hmm. get
2: moving. That was, I found that really difficult. I really struggled for, with that. And like I said, for the first time, I felt so disconnected to my body. So, in that initial postnatal period, I had to do a lot more work on my mind body connection and really being able to connect to my body again, understanding what it had been through, you know, and, and really being open to feeling the way that I felt and allowing that process to naturally happen and just being okay with it, taking that time, which was new for me. And then when we're looking at actually how we recover and the things that we want to do, what's again, this is something that we can work on, whether we've had a vaginal delivery or we've had a cesarean delivery. But actually, when we're looking at, I always talk to women about their breathing after a cesarean, and I never fully anticipated the power of a good breath. And when we are looking at cesarean recovery, all recovery postnatally, but talking now about cesarean, if we can really take that deep breath and learning to breathe right and breathe mm-hmm. well, it's going to really help us to keep that scar tissue mobile so that it doesn't get really rigid and stiff. And that is so important to our recovery. And it can really impact the functionality of our core and our comfort. So being able to focus in and and, and value and work on breathing, which sounds like such a simple thing, like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll you know. But I, I guess is that really the constant
0: movement then? then
2: yeah. It? So yeah. when we take a proper breath, if we keep our shoulders relaxed, and when we expand our ribcage, as our diaphragm descends, that diaphragm moves our organs downwards. And that sort of acts like an internal massage Mm -hmm. to help keep that scar tissue mobile. So as part of that, what is really important when we're looking at our pelvic floor, we do want to work on strengthening our pelvic floor muscles, even with a caesarean, because we've still, you know, had this pregnancy. but But also alongside carrying the weight of the pregnancy, the incision will have connections through the fascia, the soft body tissue in our body will connect to the pelvic floor from that incision site. So pelvic floor strengthening exercise is great. But also when we're working on breathing and a cesarean recovery, we want to work on relaxing the pelvic floor, because when we take that inhale and everything's descending, if our pelvic floor relaxes down also, it gives us more space. Right. So it helps to really increase those benefits. So breathing, absolutely important. And then scar tissue massage, which I did a lot of, and I, I worked with a women's health physio who guided me through that. Mm. Um, and it, it, again, made such a difference to to you know the functionality of my core and, and how comfortable I felt.
0: I mean, it must just feel like uh, for many women, almost you don't you just want to leave it or you don't want to breathe. Like my sister changed her laugh after she had, yeah, because she was trying yeah. to keep her. Like, it was it was a head laugh. She yeah. suddenly was like. <laughs> <laughs> like, she'd never laugh like that before, but yeah. she'd try and keep it in. And and still now? No, no, she's back to yeah, her yeah, yeah, yeah. honking now. But, yeah, but she'd try and just to alleviate any sort yeah. of pressure from going in that area. Well, and I so think it's really that's, fascinating knowing that
2: breathing, actually, and actually movement within it is a good thing. Good thing, exactly. Um, And, uh, again, I can completely relate to what you said there about your sister, and that's when I when I say... I felt like laying in my own skin and it took me a good while to reconnect with my body. It was things like that. It was things like, I I remember that first 24 hours. I remember going to the toilet in the hospital still, um, going to the toilet, and I couldn't, I wanted to change my underwear, but I couldn't bend down to put my underwear mm. on and I couldn't lift my leg up to put my underwear on either. Right. And so I just stood there and cried because yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. And I had to call the midwife and be like, can you help me put my underwear on? Like that hadn't I hadn't even thought thought yeah, about yeah, that, yeah. you know. But things like that that we really just have to really give ourselves time. Mm-hmm. And even as the expert, as I said, I've worked with women, I've seen this process so many times. I thought, oh my gosh. Um, You know, how am I going to be able to have... How's my core going to feel? What's going to happen? Am I I going to be able to move properly? Because it feels so disconnected. Well, and also at that point, you can't put your knickers on, but you've also got two babies to look after. I
0: know. So, you know, know. and there's the whole thing about not being able to pick them up, pick Mm, up the kettle, mm, hoover, mm. drive. Yeah. You know, so a lot of your what makes you an independent woman yeah. and capable of, mm. of being their mother and stuff, it must feel like that's been robbed from you yeah. almost.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was difficult. And um, for me, I, I mean, I had two babies, so it was extra difficult. Yeah. But th- like I said, you know, there are, by working on exercises like this, breathing exercises, and then when we're ready, we can work on pelvic floor exercises. Mm. Really starting to build that core support is, you know, is really imperative. And to be honest, I, I did that kind of work with my cesarean recovery. I was doing that kind of work for months before I progressed to anything else. Oh really? I was working on breathing. I was working on pelvic realignment, posture. Posture sounds like such a boring word, but it is so important. I've always had terrible posture. Oh always. well me too now as yeah, really, I'm sitting here talking to you. Like, it's all yeah. <laughs> um but um you know working working on that posture and then working on the pelvic floor, the deep core, all of that kind of stuff. And then um you know that's... It is
0: fascinating. I think whenever I do a workout that involves me opening up my shot, like I- Stretch my shoulders and my mm-hmm. chest and stuff. I do just feel a lot more powerful, but yep. I know that my natural go-to is rounded shoulders, leaning mm-hmm. forward. It's that thing? I know that I feel good when I'm the other.
2: Yeah, I always find that I, if I'm doing exercise, my posture is always pretty good because I just go into this mode of right. I'm doing, you know, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really can focus in. It's the general day-to-day movements where I suddenly find that I'm doing this. I mean, I'm doing, I was, sorry, when I say doing this, I'm hunching my shoulders forwards, as you say. I'm doing this now, talking to you. And then I realised, oh, gosh. And it's, you know, it's getting that reminder. So upper back exercises, again, for breastfeeding, for all women postnatally, but I really experienced it with breastfeeding. Working on upper back exercises to help pull our posture uh, back and open up our chest. So important. So important. Mm. We've had
0: a few questions in, actually, about if you're not active, like, before pregnancy Mm -hmm. is it safe to become active and start exercising during because i i have this thing early pregnancy where i suddenly feel like i really want to start working out loads and then i find out i'm pregnant and it's obviously something (laughs) in my body's gone you're great you got this something's happening (laughs) let's put on shanty and get going
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny every time i i've had a a goal of wanting to do five pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And every time I've been like, right, New Year's resolution, I'm going to do five pull-ups, I get pregnant. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! So, so I've not done that New Year's resolution yet for the last seven this years. Time. This, this time. time. But I'm scared now to be like, this is my New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're banned. Exactly. I'm banned, banned you for <laughs> ever having that New Year's resolution. Exactly, I'll never do five pull-ups again. Um, sorry, I forgot, I forgot the actual About question. About the starting exercise in pregnancy. Yes, yes. Okay, Yeah. So I think... You, We hear all the time, "Don't try anything new in pregnancy," which again is kind of it's a massively general statement and kind of unrealistic because if you've not exercised at all before pregnancy, everything is going to be new. Mm. So yeah, we can try new things in pregnancy, but within reason. What we don't want to do, as I said, is be pushing our physical boundaries. So pregnancy isn't necessarily a time to be, I don't know, trying to run under two hours in a marathon or whatever, whatever the thing is, you know. That is my current (laughs) goal. But, you know, so we need to, yeah, within reason, of course we can try new things and we should really, I would encourage everybody to enjoy an active pregnancy because, you know, human beings nowadays, exercise and being active is almost seen, well, no, it is. It's become an extracurricular activity. Mm. If we really look at the instinct of the human body, we were made to move. We were not originally created or, or uh, we haven't originally evolved to sit down at a at a desk and, you know, blah, blah, blah. we were we have been built to move. Yeah. I think there's so many benefits for pregnant women to exercise during pregnancy and also to help us, you know, get back to feeling confident, happy, moving and having sustainable healthy goals postnatally by enjoying an active lifestyle
0: Mm. oh one person has asked about a c-section and when they can return to swimming Mm -hmm. i find swimming whether your scar is a c-section scar or wherever this might be a medical question yeah but i worry about stitches and things like that so i was never i never knew when i was allowed in the bath (coughs) or not in the bath but is there a with with c-sections i mean they're, they're made of
2: solid stuff the stitches.
0: Oh, the stitches or the, the scar? Stitches. I thought you meant Not the scar. the,
2: scar. the, the,
0: the stitches. Yeah. So I would
2: definitely say, if this is slightly a medical question, so yeah. do consult your medical team. But I would say that if you're going to engage in that type of activity, you need to have a completely healed scar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that would absolutely be something that I would advise. But that is a question for your doctor because it's going to depend. When, when you say, when can you? You need to have a completely healed scar. And that's going to be different for everybody. So, you know, having having that assessed by somebody who is a professional is, mm. is really important.
0: I imagine swimming when you are ready, uh, when when you are cleared to do
2: that. It must be a nice activity to mm. get back into your health. Yeah, place. I love it. I've got an open air pool um, near our house and our, my friend took me there. She goes every morning. It is such a nice start to the day. I love it.
0: Yeah. Sounds Lovely.
2: <laughs> I'll come. Come on down for a <laughs> swim.
0: Um, I've seen a lot online about wrapping your stomach after birth. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with it becoming firm and wonder if this would be useful.
2: Yeah, OK. So with so that all the type, strapping in the corset type things. You sweet. can get like bands, you know, right. belly bands to help support this, that and the other. They. It's so individual. So some people really love them. Some people don't really love them regardless of whether you choose to use it or not, I think we need to really be looking at working on your deep core. That that transverse abdominis muscle I mentioned to begin with mm. is going to become really in, important for your recovery. And that muscle, just to clarify, is is worked by static contractions. I mean, it, it's worked a lot. But if we really want to target it and focus in on it, it's with static contractions. So something like the pelvic tilt exercise or or the leg slide exercise, or you know, a modified plank, mm. those type of exercises are really where we're holding a position that's going to really help us to target our transverse abdominis. And really getting that to work with your pelvic floor. So we want to take a deep inhale again i'm going to sound very boring talking about breathing but it's so important when we take a deep breath if you if you imagine your core like a fist if you constantly have it partially tight and you never really relax it it becomes inefficient you know i can't pick anything up with my fist i can't do anything with it really yeah you have to first be able to take that Deep inhale to get the most power out of your core. So when we learn to take a deep breath, then we can engage our deep core, pelvic floor, transverse abdominis. That's what's really gonna help you. If you decide to use a belly band in those early days to give you more support when you're doing your day-to-day activities, some people really love them. But this lady's using it literally just to help her firm up. Yeah, no, no, no. I think we need to be looking at unless she's talking about something that I've never heard of before, but the bands that I'm that I'm mentioning where you, you know, you have it as extra support. No, we need to be looking at at exercise you yeah. know that nothing is going to be able to replace really working on your body helping to build those muscles up
0: ah the split diastasis
2: diastasis recti, diastasis recti. yeah
0: can you prevent that in pregnancy can you prevent that from happening with no. doing no so
2: so 100% of pregnancies that reach full term are going to you're going to have diastasis yeah, they have to recti the,
0: they have to go to the side they have yeah. to go to the side yeah. exactly
2: yeah. for the bump to grow Postnatally, when it comes back together, how much of a gap you have is going to be really individual to each woman, each pregnancy, each delivery. The If it's if you have a gap that's over two centimetres, then you should speak to your medical team and you can explore other options. But if it's two centimetres or smaller, then exercise can be really, really useful in helping, as I said, to create that integral, that, that strong core, potentially bringing it closer together, and if not, really helping to create a supportive base. Nowadays, I would say I had my postnatal check for my twins on the phone which is of course COVID times (coughs) exactly so no one can assess your diastasis recti over the phone you can self-assess your diastasis recti there is a way to do that but if you have any concerns, push to be seen by a GP, push or your midwife and get the answers. It's it's just so important because something like that, if it's not fixed, whether we're looking at, you know, a misaligned pelvis or we're looking at diastasis recti, as I said, I've worked with women who are 10, 20 years down the line from having given birth and they have knee pain or back pain or whatever and we can trace it back to their the postnatal rehabilitation stuff they didn't do.
0: And is that why it's also... Is it good to wait to do sit-ups and things like that for them to come, like, to start coming
2: back together before you start, you know? So, yeah, so, so traditional ab exercises like sit-ups and crunches, mm. they're really demanding on the rectus abdominis. Yeah. So those are the types of things we want to leave to the side. And there's so many more beneficial things that we can be working on, yeah. which is why this whole, like, six-pack abs in eight weeks or whatever is just nonsense. Because what we really need to do is work on those strong foundations if we want that longevity,
0: I mean, I can remember doing my first sit up after giving birth and being like, well, I don't even know where my muscles are. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what exercises can I do to ease sciatic nerve pain?
2: I mentioned before about how the pelvis, when it's tilted forwards, can stretch, place the hamstrings into an overstretched position. Mm-hmm. So the sciatic nerve runs down the back of the leg in line with the hamstrings. So often, people who experience sciatic like pain feel like, or are advised to stretch stretch their hamstrings but actually when we're looking at pre and postnatal women it can be the opposite so that the, they're already over yeah they're already overstretched exactly and the pain that you're feeling in that sciatic air from the sciatic nerve is actually due to that nerve being stretched and compressed with that the hamstrings being in the overstretched yeah. position so what we want to then do is work on realigning the pelvis work on realigning the pelvis that core support stuff glute strengthening exercises posture glute strength all the deep core work. Um, there's an exercise called like a Superman, you know, all that kind of stuff that's going to help us to. Uh, or sorry, it's called a Superman. It's called a bird dog. Um, I've to, not heard a bird dog. No, yeah, it's called a bird dog. It's uh, you know, there's many different names, but it's called it's called a bird dog, um, where you're on your all you're on your hands and knees in that box table position. Yeah take a deep inhale and as you exhale you extend one leg and one arm out the opposite arm and leg extend out and we're going to keep that hold and what we really want to work on is keeping that pelvis and if you video yourself doing it or do it in front of a mirror you'll probably notice that you're tilting one way or the other and what Mm -hmm. we really want to do is create that balance along the pelvis. And by working on those types of exercises that help us realign the pelvis, we're going to help to reset and you know put our hamstrings and our glutes back into that optimum position and and hopefully that should help.
0: One person has asked with the C-section, does the apron ever go? What do they mean by an apron?
2: As in with the overhang? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Yes, it can. Again, this is... I get asked that question a lot, actually. Scar tissue massage can be really, really useful. So there's a lot of swelling in that initial post-caesarean period. This was something where... I've had, I've had that question for years, and I've worked with cesarean mothers, and mm-hmm. I've given them all the advice, and I know all the answers. And then I had a cesarean, and I was like, Ah! Oh, is this going to go? What is this? What does it mean? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all of, I had it myself. All those questions, but we can do some scar tissue massage when. I mean, I would advise speak to a health physio or certainly wait until your six to eight week check. We're doing some scar tissue massage work on our abdomen. We can help to redistribute, you know, the, the blood that's rushed to that area, alleviate some of that swelling. And as that goes down, if we then can uh, work on our core exercises, we can really definitely help to improve our overall core strength and, and, and all of that. So, yeah. One person
0: has asked, I have no energy thanks to HG. What exercises can I do?
2: Okay. So firstly, I'm guessing when she says HG, she means the the morning sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for energy, the best energy boosting exercise I would have lie yourself down on the floor if you are pregnant so it depends if you're pre or postnatal if you are prenatal and you don't feel comfortable lying on your back you can do this sitting on the floor and just raise your legs up onto a platform so if you're lying back your legs you know you can put them onto the coffee table or put them onto a chair or the sofa if you're seated on the ground even if you just raise them onto a pillow but if you can get them onto like a low footstool or something that's great that's going to help with that return blood flow from the lower extremities. That's going to help us get more oxygen circulating through our system. And that's going to help us have more energy. So I do that all the time. <laughs> I'll be with the kids. Mama, I'll be like are you playing? Yes, I yeah, am. Yeah, I'll be like, sorry, kids. <laughs> Got to lie down for three minutes. And then I'll just lie there and I genuinely feel better. Um, also for energy, hydration is really important. If you're dehydrated, you can feel so fatigued and tired. So staying hydrated is really going to help your energy mm. levels
0: oh one person i think this is uh, this is the final question but it's an important one uh, i struggled to find time to work out so i just do the odd squats when brushing my teeth mm-hmm. is that okay i get it is that thing isn't it it's the time thing yeah when you do have kids there is that where Can you fit it in? How can you fit it in? I can remember just having one baby and taking them to baby classes where I got to squat and hold them over my head, Yeah, yeah, you know, things like that. But I I like this cheeky idea, though, of doing squats while she's brushing her teeth.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, anything is better than doing nothing. So great that we're getting moving. I would also say that, you know, we have this idea that fitness has to be squats and burpees and press-ups and blah, blah, blah. Exercise can be anything that you enjoy. You can dance around your living room. I dance to multiple Disney soundtracks with my children <laughs> on a regular basis. We're always having to do a show of whatever, whatever, whatever they're into at the time. So that that counts as movement. You know, enjoying it. We go out for walks as a family. You know, all of that kind of thing, that counts. So it doesn't have to be this really structured exercise program that you're following. It can be just movement, just being active. I would say if you do want to have that more structured exercise things sometimes I manage to find the time for me it's usually when I have enough energy to wake up before everyone especially in the summer months oh where it's lighter. I look
0: at people online that do that and I'm just like I will do that at some point I'm saying <laughs> to myself maybe in a couple of years I'll be that mum that wakes up at five
2: yeah and, and does it work do you know what? sometimes because again exercises often we, we think of exercise like we do our workout and then we're going to be really tired afterwards whereas If we have a really positive relationship with exercise, we can feel energized afterwards. So if I've had enough sleep, not always, but if I can get up, maybe not at five, maybe 5.30, but I'll go get up. I'll go for a 20 minute jog or or even if I'm outside in my garden, do some yoga, do some stretching, whatever it is you want to do. I will actually feel more energized and positive throughout my day. Another little tip, I would say I dress a lot in I like to call it astral leatherwear. My <laughs> husband would probably call it my pajamas all day, but it's something I can move You're about in.
0: Already, you are I'm ready to all, go. I would love happens. to leave
2: people with this vision of me, like in really nice leather wear where it's actually just me in like jogging bottoms and a t-shirt. You're ready to do a
0: fast twitch. Whenever there you go, fast twitch. I'm ready to go.
2: <laughs> I'm ready. Fast on. twitch. That's it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, sometimes I don't. But if I, you know, if I'm dressed and ready to go, and the twins sleep, I might be like, oh, actually, I've got some energy. Let me go outside and do whatever. You know. Yeah. Um but sometimes I don't sometimes I don't do anything for a week or two or maybe even three. But <gasps> so we just <gasps> but you know it's it, for me it's about enjoying exercise yeah. all the other benefits and wanting to seeing it as something that we really enjoy.
0: Uh so round up with a few like your top tips for exercise and for looking after yourself pre and postnatally.
2: Okay. So my three top tips would probably be the first one would be get to know your body you know spend time working on that mind body connection it is so strong and feel confident and comfortable in knowing what your body needs not what your mate next door you know what you need that would be tip 1 tip 2 would be lay the strong foundations don't be misled or you know feel pressured by these timeline head- headlines that we're seeing or whatever you know work at your own pace build the strong foundations and I mean breathing posture Deep core work. It's so important. And then my third one would probably be to find something that you love. Mm. Find something that you love. Because running, some people hate the idea of running. Then, then don't make it a run. Yeah. You know, but find something that you love.
0: Yeah, amazing. Uh, and we finish each episode with you completing three sentences. <gasps> Being a parent means... Learning
2: to roll with the punches.
0: If I could tell you one thing, it would be...
2: That every day can be different and to celebrate your success that day. Sometimes my success is... Running, I was about to say a 5k. It's not true. <laughs> but sometimes my success will be running a 3K. Sometimes my success is that I've put my t-shirt on the right way around. So, you know, whatever it is that day, I've managed to do the washing, whatever it is, celebrate that success that day. Because honestly, if I if I see an empty washing basket, I feel like an absolute boss. So it doesn't need to be, like, a huge goal or whatever. That, to me, is massive. So celebrate those small successes. Amazing. And I am happy when? I am happy when I am at the beach with my kids and we are really embracing that time together outside, enjoying the real treasures that earth has to give. You know, those, Mm. like... The smell of the sea, the water, the splashing about, the running, the space, like that to me is so powerful for my soul. It's food for the soul. I'm there. I'm
0: there. I'm there right now. (laughs) Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.